Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's To the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know and that's <laughs> the Qinator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to talk the latest news and a little bit of training camp slash beginning of season and how that all sort of corresponds with each other with somebody that was there the entire time during training camp, the newest member of the New York Jets beat, Mr. Chris Ryan of NJ.com. So Chris, long line of NJ.com Jets writers to come on this show. Connor Hughes been on the show a couple of times and then he was gone. Daryl Slater used to come on all the time. In fact, during training camp, he would come on every day. Then Matt Stiplikoski was on every week to give a post-game recap. And now you're joining the fray. So hopefully you have a really long, successful tenure at NJ.com. Looking forward to having you on a bunch of times. Welcome to the Jets beat, sir. Certainly looking forward to it. I, I mean, I've covered the NHL for uh, four years before the South. I was going to ask you about that first and foremost, by the way. How much different is it covering the NFL as opposed to the NHL? Um, I, I mean, it's certainly different um, just from a day-to-day kind of thing. I, I mean, and then you throw in the whole pandemic situation and, um, you know, I mean, just our jobs in general are completely different at this point where you're not going in the locker room every day. You're not meeting players, you're not talking to them. You're you know, kind of behind the computer regardless of where you are. So. So just from that aspect, it's completely different. But, uh, I mean, changing leagues, I mean, the NFL, it's a 16-game schedule. Every game has so, so much meaning. It's not the grind of 82 games of hockey. Uh, so uh, certainly a bigger challenge and one I'm definitely looking forward to. Certainly nobody in the NHL that can compare to Mekhi Becton size-wise, right? <laughs> not, not completely. There are a few, a few uh, tall players, but, uh, I mean, you know, no one's matching up against him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would think it would be a little bit hard to ice skate at 380 pounds. But let's talk about the latest news around the Jets before we get into your observations from camp and what you think about the upcoming season now that we know what the roster is going to look like. And we'll start with the guys that were brought in for a look today. Quite a few names that are familiar, an ex-giant on the list, a wide receiver that last year a lot of people wanted the Jets to draft who unexpectedly became available. Talk to me a little bit about this. Definitely. The wide receiver, um, Akeem Butler, um, uh, a guy who missed all of last season due to a broken hand, I believe it was. Um, then they up getting released la- last week with all the waves of cuts. So um, he's, he's a big body, a lot of speed. Um, certainly a lot of potential there just didn't pan out for him. And may- maybe he's a guy the Jets can add to their practice squad, a guy you maybe could pinch onto the end of the roster at this point with a few guys going on IR. Um, and, and I mean, just given the injuries in the wide receiver room and the need for the Jets to develop talent there, I mean, why not take a look at a guy like that who is still pretty young and could potentially make a difference down the line? Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, he certainly could be at least someone worth watching. And depending on how the injuries shake out, maybe he gets a shot at on the active roster at some point. And there was a familiar face in this market as well because there was a former Giant that came in for a look, too. Uh, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, the Jets have already lost C.J. Mosley, a linebacker. Um, earlier this year when he opted out, they're still waiting for Avery Williamson to kind of get up to full speed uh, when the time comes to be. So uh, well, for them to bring in um, Alec Oldertree, um and just give him a look, um, it's certainly a deep position for them already. So um, Ogletree, he's talented. Uh, you saw what he did with the Rams before he got to the Giants. So maybe the Jets could find something there. And even if he ends up being a depth player, just someone they – they can give a look at it and move on. I mean, he's definitely a name to keep an eye on if they do decide to bring him in. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Today, a couple of Jets spoke to the media, as well as Adam Gase and Joe Douglas. Let's start with the general manager. What did Joe Douglas have to say? Uh, he kind of gave a, a recap of training camp and just what it was from his perspective and gave a little bit of uh, some outlook for what he's expecting uh, going into the regular season. They didn't make the splashy headline, didn't go out and say, if we're not a playoff team, it's not a successful season or anything about Adam Gase's future or anything like that. But 
Um, his main message all along has been about progress and trying to get this team built into a perennial contender, one that can ultimately win a Super Bowl. And like you said, he's not going to be happy until he's raising the Lombardi trophy. So um, he knows that there's a long way to go, but he certainly has expectations for the team to continue to progress and build off the finish they had last year. What about Adam Gase? What do you have to say? Uh, a few injury updates from him. Um, he kind of touched on uh, Rashad Perryman and uh, Denzel Mims, who um, have both uh, missed time in training camp uh, with uh, Perryman a knee injury and Mims hamstring injury. Uh, Mims continued to rehab over the weekend, so the Jets are still hopeful to get him um, more progress this week and potentially get him onto the field for week one. Um, as for Perryman, he continues to run on the side. Uh, Gates said he looked pretty well uh, when he last saw him, so uh, still a chance that he'll be ready to go in week one against the Bills as well. Uh, and just for Gase as well, he kind of recapped uh, what training camp was like and made the decision to make the cuts um, that they did over the weekend to get down to 53. Um, you know, it, it was certainly a different camp for them in terms of not having preseason games, not having that tape to evaluate everybody as they normally would. But uh, they seem pretty happy with where they landed with their 53. And uh, I think it was actually Joe Douglas that said that they might not be a ton of household names, but they think they have a pretty good football team there. Chris, we heard from the oldest player on the Jets and one of the youngest players on the Jets today. Sam Darnold, the starting quarterback, and Frank Gore, the 37-year-old running back. Let's start with Darnold. What did he have to say? Uh, he touched a little bit on what, what what his expectations are for the season and what he wants to get better at. I mean, he's still looking for uh, progress across the board. He wants to be better in pretty much every area. But one area he pinpointed was uh, just his past uh, completion percentage, and he wants to upgrade from when he was around 61 a year ago he wants to get that up and i mean he's most concerned about wins and he feels if he can get that number up it's going to help translate um to wins on the field and uh we we talked to him a little bit about um ju- just the challenge of training camp and playing with a group of wide receivers that was banged up the entire time a kind of a rotating door of guys that he was throwing to and he didn't sound too concerned about it. He, he kind of likes the group that he has going into into this season. I, I think he's expecting to have Mims and Perryman out there um, when they do take the field on Sunday. But um, I mean, he, I mean, he's not going to bash the group before they even play a game. But uh, certainly a situation to keep an eye on to see if he does have the weapons at wideout to to help him have a successful year. You would think they would make good use of the guys that could provide. Matchup problems for other teams Namely Christopher Herndon And of course Le'Veon Bell as a wide receiver Which might mean some extra carries For Frank Gore who also spoke today What do you have to say? Definitely, I, I, just to build off that a little bit We did see a few times in the preseason Where um, in team drills Or anything like that They had Le'Veon lined up on the outside And had Frank Gore in the backfield So I, I think that will be a, a package that the Jets do use occasionally this year. Try to get Bell on the outside, get him into different situations where they can get him the ball. And at the same time, you have a reliable veteran running back who can keep the defenses honest when the Jets are doing that. And, uh, you know, they can still run the ball in that situation. So um, as for where today, uh, I mean, he, he's seen it all in his NFL career. He's 37 years old. He, he's been around with multiple teams at this point. He, he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Um, he, he thinks the Jets have a talented group, and he, he has been around the NFL for a long time. I mean, he's seen it all, um, and this is not a guy that's here to just collect a paycheck and move on to the next week and the next year, or retire or anything like that. This is a guy who wants to win games, and um, he, he believes he can help, help the Jets do that, and he's going to do it in any shape or form, whether that be 
uh, as Le'Veon's backup or even taking more carries. So whatever Frank can do to help the team, he's easier to do. Let's talk about what the Jets did with the 53-man roster and the practice squad. There were no external claims, which is very unusual. Everybody that is either on the practice squad or that is on the 53-man roster was in camp. Now, it's possible that could change if they go and sign somebody like Akeem Butler, but that is the case as of right now. In fact, Matthias Fairley, who you heard Robbie Sable of Jets X Factor talking about yesterday, somebody he was surprised was cut, ended up being brought back. So now he's part of the active 53-man roster. What did you think when you saw the list of players that were on the main roster and the players that were on the practice squad. Did any of the guys that made it surprise you and did any of the guys that didn't make it surprise you? Uh, well, we'll start with the active roster. Uh, as for the guys who made it, I don't think there were any major surprises. Um, it, it was pretty cut and dry. Even I think they said that they only had maybe four or five major decisions that they had to make and they were kind of all depth, um, not any starting players uh, kind of on that bubble. Um, I, I think the biggest omission was probably on the line where you had Josh Andrews and Jonathan Harrison cut. Um, obviously, Josh Andrews re-signed today, so he'll, he'll be back on the roster and um, as their backup center there behind Connor McGovern. Um, with Harrison, I, I think it was just a matter of um, uh, him not being a Joe Douglas guy. He'd been there for three years, um, and I think they just kind of never – came around on him and you know with everything they did to the line over the summer I think they were okay with moving on and Joe Douglas did call it a, a very very tough decision and conversation to have with Harrison but and he didn't close the door on bringing him back but we'll see if the Jets need him at any point or if he finds a new home in the coming week or two um, as for the practice squad uh, another thing Douglas kind of talked about today just with the waiver wire um, and no preseason games, I, I think teams were a little bit more conservative in terms of trying to bring in outside talent. You know, they didn't have the tape on everybody. They didn't want to take the risk. They were a little bit more happier keeping guys that they saw throughout camp, guys they liked. And, you know, if anything changes, they have the flexibility with the expanded rosters to go out and do it in a week or two. Uh, but for now, I think the Jets were happy to keep with the guys they knew and, you know, and they have a, a, another spot open if they want to add from outside later on. Did you get the sense that at any point the Jets considered adding somebody who would have been an external claim, or did they mostly like the guys that they had in camp and had planned on more or less keeping as many of them as they could? Yeah, D Douglas didn't go as far to say if they put in claims on anybody, but from everything he said, it seemed like they were pretty content with you know, taking the guys they had and keeping them around. And um, they, they were pretty impressed with everybody they had in camp going from the veterans that came back to all the way to a few of the undrafted free agents, kind of like Lawrence uh, Cager um, and Lamar Jackson, the cornerback, the quarterback, um, and having them on the practice squad. So they certainly want to be able to try to develop them, see if they can get anything. And, you know, injuries happen, and I'm sure a few of them will end up on the active roster at some point uh, throughout the year. Chris, Robbie Sable from Jets X Factor was on the show yesterday. He was at camp the entire time. Chris Nimbley of JetsInsider.com was on the show on a daily basis to give camp reports. He was obviously at camp every day. Andy Vasquez from NorthJersey.com came on to talk about his experience at camp. And now I wanted to ask you about it because you were also there every day at camp. What do you think about Sam Darnold and the quarterback room in general? Were you pleased with his performance in camp? Were you a little bit worried? Because that seemed to be the prevailing sentiment around a lot of people that were there. And then as far as the guys behind him, obviously you didn't get to watch Joe Flacco, but you did get to watch White and Fails. 
Anything there? Do you think that White might have flashed enough potential for you to think that he could start in a pinch if the Jets have to use somebody between the time that Joe Flacco is available and week number one? Definitely. Well, starting with Darnold, um, he, he definitely, I mean, I don't have that baseline of seeing him up close for a couple of years like the other guys have. So certainly I'm kind of going in with a fresh set of eyes and he, he definitely had an up and down camp. And I think part of that can be blamed on the fact that uh, just look at the wide receivers around him and the rotating group. And, you know, it's they're already kind of behind the eight ball and try, in terms of trying to build chemistry without uh, all the OTAs and mini camps back in the spring. Um, so I think it was just a little bit tougher on him to kind of get going and get in the groove. Um, but at the same time, he, you know, he, he saw the flashes, you saw the confidence, he, he knew the plays in and out. He was quick to the line and, you know, that decision-making was okay. He, he was able to protect the ball pretty well. He threw only a handful of interceptions throughout camp. So I, I think you saw what you needed to out of him. Obviously you're not going to see the, the giant plays every day and, you know, but the the true test will be how he performs when you get to week one and what he can do in the regular season and if he can prove that he is ready to be that difference maker at quarterback. Uh, in terms of behind him, um, certainly we're waiting to see what Joe Flacco can bring. He'll probably need another week or two before he's ready to uh, beat Arnold's primary backup. Um, but but the Jets certainly like what they saw from Mike White. I mean, David Fales looked pretty good um, throughout training camp, but Mike White was in there taking reps with the second team and. You know, he, he had a pretty connection with Braxton Berrios uh, through a handful of touchdown passes throughout camp. Um, definitely a guy that at least gives them another option. I think they, um, assuming Flacco won't be ready um, to be the backup in week one or week two, um, Mike White or David Fales are going to get that promotion from the practice squad to backup Darnold. And, um, I, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked to see either. I think it will end up being Fales, but if it ends up being White, it wouldn't be a shock. Let's talk about Darnold's weapons. It's well known that the Jets have one of the weakest wide receiver rooms in the entire league, and they've had tons of injuries throughout camp. When you watch these guys, what did you see? Because obviously Perriman looked like he shined a little bit early on, and then he went out with an injury, didn't get to see much of Denzel Mims. Crowder was the one constant, and then you had Berrios, Hogan, and guys like that. What do you think? What were your observations of these guys watching them in training camp? Yeah, before he got hurt, uh, I mean, Perryman looked like the guy who had been playing with Darnold for years. I mean, I mean, they picked up pretty quickly. They had a quick connection. I think it might have been the first or second day of camp where they hooked up for about an 80-yard touchdown on a quick slam play where, you know, Perryman got in space and uh, Darnold found him and, you know, he took off and no one caught him. Um, so I, I think if Perryman can get back on the field this week, he, he's going to be that number one target on the outside and someone that the Jets hopefully can rely on uh, in terms of, um, you know, being a threat and opening up the middle of the field. Um, well, we'll see how Mims goes. I, I, I think this week, if he can't even get into practice and be ready for week one, I, I imagine he'll be kind of limited and the Jets will ease him in as he's making that transition to the NFL. Um, and then, you know, you saw what uh, Sam and uh, Crowder did last year. They have that connection, and I, I think he's going to be another reliable target, and especially with Chris Herndon back in the fold. Um, just having the two of them, I, I think it will certainly be a little bit more cohesive this year and just giving Sam a little bit better options. There's room for improvement, no doubt, but I mean, it's a good stepping stone, something they can look to establish pretty early. 
What about tight end? Christopher Herndon was banged up a little bit towards the end, but he's somebody that I think they're really going to have to rely on to make up for the lack of star power at wide receiver, and we'll talk about how they can do that with their running backs as well. You had Ryan Griffin behind him, who had a really nice year last year for the Jets, but it's coming off an injury. What did you see from the tight ends? Are you optimistic that Herndon can step in and pick up where he left off when he had that strong rookie campaign in 2018? I am. I, I mean, from the receiving options for uh, Darnold throughout camp, Herndon was probably the most consistent. I mean, he found him in the middle of the field and he found him in the red zone. He, they had that quick connection and you could see that, you know, that chemistry they built in 2018 when they were both rookies is still there. And um, I, I, I think just with his size, his athleticism, he's going to be a big option, especially when you don't maybe don't have that confidence on the outside to, to get Mims or Perryman involved as much. And he's going to be a safety outlet for Darnold. And I I think he's going to be a key part um, of the offense if they're going to do anything this season. Um, As for uh, Griffin and uh, even looking a little bit deeper, Trevon Wesco, um, he got pretty good depth there. I mean, both guys can catch passes. Uh, Wesco was pretty involved with the offense before Griffin came back uh, from his injury during training camp. So um, one or both of them are going to have a role I'm sure the Jets will probably roll out a few two tight end sets just to get two guys on the field along with Herndon and either Griffin or West Coast. So um, it's a good group. Uh, it's a group that the, the Jets coaching staff likes a lot. So they're going to find ways to utilize it and uh, try to help make an impact. Running back, we talked about how the Jets are going to have to use Le'Veon Bell differently. This has been a major talking point ever since Adam Gase himself admitted that he should have used Belmore as a wide receiver last season. You got to see him and Frank Gore operate both together and separately. What did you think of Frank Gore and Le'Veon Bell in training camp? And then talk a little bit about LaMichael Pirine too, because he seemed to be a bit of a pleasant surprise. Like, I mean, for a 37-year-old, Frank Gore does not look like a guy who's been playing in the NFL for 15 or 16 years, however long it's been. Um, he looked quick um, in his first step, getting the holes along the offensive line. He, I mean, it's weird to call him an explosive, but he, he found ways to, to get yardage on the ground during training camp. And he's not a guy that's ready to be done and kind of fall to the end of the finish line. He, he's still got some gas left in the tank. And um, the Jets are going to find ways to make sure that Lydon Bell is involved and that he's still fresh, and that involves making sure Gore can handle a bulk of the carries and, you know, allow Bell to get his carries and be involved in the passing game. Um, Gase has mentioned that they want Bell to um, be involved, but be involved in a better way. Uh, I, I think he caught about 65, 66 passes a year ago. Um, the Jets are happy with that number, but he couldn't really do anything with those with those catches. So what they want to do is get him to space, get him to the open field, when he's catching the ball, they want him to turn and run, and that, that's kind of on Gase and Darnold to call plays better, put him in space better, and you know that's the goal for them. Uh, as for Pirine, I mean, before he suffered the ankle injury at camp um, about a week and a half ago at this point, um, he looked pretty good. I mean, a guy that can catch the ball. Um, he had one of the longer runs in that scrimmage a couple weeks ago going for 79 yards for a touchdown, and he had another 35-yarder run in there too. So – He's got that explosive playability. He can catch the ball into the backfield. And, you know, I mean, when he is back and healthy, I think the Jets will find him a way to get him a few touches every game just to do that change of pace back and, uh, you know, potentially make a difference in the backfield. How about the offensive line? This was one of the weakest units in the entire NFL last year. 
They made a lot of changes. And I said before we got to training camp that I loved Becton being added and I really liked the Connor McGovern move. But the rest of it just seems like maybe marginal upgrades. So I think anybody that's expecting a major change this year might be disappointed. But I do think if they can at least be not terrible, that would be a major step in the right direction. What do you see from them in training camp besides the fact that obviously Mekhi Becton is a very large man? (laughs) That he is. Um, I mean, the group looked good for for a unit of four out of five new starters. I mean, they looked like they had some pretty good chemistry. They they all talked about how they've communicated pretty well. They've worked on bonding off the field to kind of help build that relationship and make sure the group is as ready as possible um, come week one to be cohesive and make that difference. And I mean, it, this is not a you know grade A best in the league offensive line, but you know it's an upgraded unit. Um, and you hope that, at least in Joe Douglas's mind, you know, the, the sum of the parts is, is, you know, greater than the individual. So um, they, they definitely want to want to give Darnold that time to make plays back there, give Le'Veon and Frank over more time to find holes and get yardage. So I, I think there's reason for optimism that the, that the unit is going to be better, and, you know, we'll, we'll see week one against a pretty good Buffalo Bills uh, front seven, what they can do. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball, Chris, and we'll start with the front seven and the defensive line. Everybody is hoping for a big breakout season from Quentin Williams. You got to watch him in training camp. It sounds like he was a real beast, and he's in tremendous shape. Kyle Phillips, by all accounts, had a really nice camp. You have Nathan Shepard there, as well as, of course, old man Steve McClendon holding down the fort. So there is a lot of depth there on that defensive line. What do you think? You got to see them every day. Are they a unit that could be really, really strong this year? Maybe one of the top five or ten defensive lines in the league. They are, especially if Quinnen can make that jump and be the, you know, fulfill that potential of being the number three overall overall pick a couple of years ago. Uh, he Quinnen talked about um, how he hired a new trainer, a new nutritionist during the offseason. Um, he, he didn't lose a ton of weight, but he lost body fat and gained a lot of muscle mass. So he's hoping that pays dividends. I mean, he, he did have a little bit of a slow start to camp, but as it went on, I mean, you could see him being a disruptive player, both against the run and getting to the quarterback. So, I mean, if he can establish himself in the middle, that's just going to open up holes for the rest of that defensive line um, and even the linebackers that are coming off the edge. So, uh, I mean, there's plenty of reason to think that, you know, th- this this unit is still going to be one of the best run defenses in the NFL. And, you know, what, one of the things they did struggle with a year ago was getting to the quarterback. So, if they can improve in that area, there there's plenty of reason to think that defense as a whole is going to be pretty good to be in the year. How about linebacker, Chris? Edge rusher, we know that they really need to make an investment in that position because it's been a really long time since they've had an impactful player. Jordan Jenkins is okay. Terrell Basham showed a little bit last year, and he looks like he could be sort of Jordan Jenkins-ish in terms of a guy who's not going to scare anybody but could give you sneaky production. And then behind that, there's not much. You've got Jabari Zanigo, who was picked in the third round but didn't really play much because he was injured. Inside linebacker Avery Williamson comes back from the injury. Looks like he's going to start. There was some doubt. Some people thought that he was going to end up with the second team because that's where he was after he came back from the injury and started practicing again. P. 
Peanut is hurt. Neville Hewitt looks like he's going to be one of the starters. And then Cashman, obviously C.J. Mosley is going to miss the season because he opted out due to corona concerns. So tell me a little bit about what you saw from this linebacking core. Do you think that they have a chance to at least be somewhat close to what they were last year or perhaps even better if they can get better than expected play out of guys like Basham and even Blake Cashman if he eventually usurps Neville Hewitt for the starting job? I, th- I, th- I think there is a chance this group can be better from what they were a year ago. I mean, the big thing coming in training camp was Mosley opting out, but remember he played only two games a year ago. So it, this is a defense that has, unfortunately for them, plenty of experience playing without C.J. Mosley. Um, and now they had the entire training camp to kind of game plan and be ready to go without him. And even if he's not pre-injury Avery Williamson, you're still getting a pretty good linebacker back into the fold there. So, uh, I mean, we can nitpick starters second string all day long, but what Greg Williams likes to do is rotate his guys in. He's going to get fresh legs out there consistently, and all these guys are going to get the chance to be on the field. So, I mean, if a few of them can emerge, take that next step, There, there's plenty of reason to think that, you know, as a unit, these linebackers will be pretty good up front. And in the secondary, some changes there. A lot more depth added at corner. Looks like Bless Austin will probably end up starting with the other starter being Pierre Desir. You guys didn't get to see Desir because he was injured, but you did see Bless Austin, who by all accounts played pretty well. You got Mollette behind him. Nate Hairston comes back after initially being released. Quincy Wilson came in via trade. And Bryce Hall eventually will end up here. He's right now recovering from an injury. So there are some guys there that might show some promise, even though you don't have anybody there that's any kind of proven star corner or anything like that. The best guy is Desir, who's been hurt all camp and was hurt last year, even while he was playing, which might explain part of why he dropped off from 2018. And then it's safety. There is no question that there's going to be a drop-off without Jamal Adams here. Best player on the team, bar none, the last couple of years. And when you take a guy like that off of a team, that unit and the defense in general is going to suffer. But they did get back Bradley McDougal, who seems to be pretty competent at safety. Marcus May looked really good by all accounts in training camp. You add Ashton Davis into the mix, the third-round pick out of Cal. So what do you think? You take a look at this secondary. They were pretty awful last year outside of the safeties. Do you like the safety combination now with Adams not here? And do you think that they have an opportunity to be at least a little bit better at cornerback? Because it would be hard to be much worse than they were last year. Uh, I'll go through the safeties pretty quick because I think that's a little bit more cut and dry. Um, Obviously, I mean, you you take Jamal Adams off a team, the group is going to be worse for it. I mean, he's one of the best in the league for a reason. And whatever team he's on, he's going to make a difference. But... I mean, from training camp day one, one of the Jets' best players on either side of the ball was Marcus May. And, I mean, for a guy who's almost playing in Jamal Adams' shadow for a couple of years now, I mean, he, he's a guy that can make an impact. I mean, he kind of played in the back while Jamal would go up and play closer to the line. And Marcus has kind of taken over that role where he's playing a little bit more uh, with the linebackers and up front and still dropping the coverage occasionally with Bradley McDougal then going into the secondary and kind of playing that center field role. Um, so I, I think you're still going to get pretty competent and above average safety play out of McDougald and Marcus May to begin the year. And then um, they're going to find ways to get Ashton Davis on the field as well. So uh, from a group standpoint, I mean, I, I don't think there's a ton to worry about when it comes to the safeties. Uh, with cornerbacks, I mean, you mentioned with the Seer, he's their they're quote unquote number one right now, but uh, by no means a lockdown cornerback. And 
you know, I mean, Bryce Hall not going to be on the field for um, at least the foreseeable future as he continues to recover from that ankle injury suffered uh, while at Virginia a year ago in college. Um, so, I mean, it, it, the group is still a work in progress. It's probably looking ahead to the offseason, the biggest, you know, task for Joe Douglas. Um, and as he continues to try to transform the roster, uh, he wants to build that group a little bit better. And um, for now, they're going to try to, you know, do the patchwork. Whoever plays better out of Austin, Millette, Harrison, um, even Brian Poole, you know, they'll put him on the field. But um, still definitely, um, you know, a questionable group and one that, you you know, you might not know where you're getting on a week-to-week basis from. Let's talk a little special teams, Chris. Kicker and punter. It's been a problem for the Jets for a while. Lachlan Edwards was okay, I guess, but really he wasn't a long-term answer. They go out and they get Braden Mann in the sixth round. And then a kicker, that's been a revolving door ever since Nick Falk left. It looks like Sam Ficken is going to have the job again, even though he was pretty bad last year. And then a kick returner. We thought it was going to be Vincent Smith. Now we're not so sure because now the talk is that he might be back sooner than we expected. But in the interim, somebody's going to have to return those kicks. Talk to me a little bit about this. What do you expect to see at punter, kicker, and kick slash punt return? Yeah, I mean, from the looks of right now, um, Ficken is going to have that job going into week one. Um, obviously, he beat out Brett Moore, who was cut a couple of weeks ago. And um, I, I don't think he's got a firm lock on the job. I think, I mean, he, it's certainly his to keep if he can perform. But like you said a year ago, it's not like he was a lights out kicker. He just happened to outperform his competition in camp and they gave him the job. So if he struggles at all, I can certainly see the Jets opening that door again and bringing another kicker for a look. Um, depending on how he does in the opening weeks. Um, with for a rookie Brady Man taking over as a punter, I, he had a pretty good camp, you know, as any rookie would. You had your ups and downs. But, you know, I, I think the Jets are pretty firm in what they've got there, and he's only going to continue to get better. Uh, looking at the kick returners, I mean, uh, Braxton Barris is in line to be uh, at least a punt returner, and he'll probably return kicks to begin the year, uh, at least with, um, you know, uh, Vincent Smith still on the sideline. But, uh, Ashton Davis, another guy to watch um, on special teams, both as a gunner and as a guy who can bring back pumps and kicks. He's got a ton of speed, uh, quick to the ball, um, and a guy who played a little bit in college there too. So uh, we'll see if they get get him a chance early in the season because um, he could be someone just to keep an eye on. Davis would be interesting because, as you said, he's got experience doing that, and he's got blazing speed, a track star at Cal. So it might be somebody that you try. At the very least, they might go the Antonio Cromartie route with him. If you remember when Cromartie was here, every now and again when the Jets really needed a spark on a kick return, they would throw him back there. They could try that with Davis and at least experiment a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Chris Ryan of NJ.com covering the New York Jets. Thanks so much for coming on, previewing the season, sharing your observations from training camp, and of course going through the latest news. Really appreciate it. For everybody that wants to check out your work, follow you on Twitter, how can they do that? Uh, for my work, um, NJ.com, some backslash Jets. I mean, uh, we've got new stuff up every day, and that's only going to continue as the season gets going here. Um, as for Twitter, um, uh, at Chris Ryan underscore NJ, um, you can find me there tweeting every day from practice. Um, uh, I'll be in Buffalo this weekend for week one, so uh, follow along. Uh, I've gotten a lot of Jets fans so far, so I'm happy with everyone on board, and 
happy to welcome more. Make sure that you follow Chris on Twitter and read his work at nj.com slash jets. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.